like something we've all heard i think it's a siren which means well this week we're talking world war Two, guys <laughs> oh, some very good uh ammunition noises going off well, there some bombs well i actually i learned from oj simpson um in the 80s and uh, another story for another day but yeah oh. <laughs> yeah beatbox and everything I thought it was that one out of um, Police Academy, wasn't it? <laughs> that's who it, that's OJ Simpson. Oh, oh God, maybe it's not. It is actually, but anyway, we know who you mean. <laughs> yeah, anyway. Yeah, so it was a war that was very close to our hearts and our minds and our lives in England. Yeah, there um, times. I think, you know, everybody here's had some connection one way or another. My My grandfather was in the Navy. And uh, Cheryl, your dad was actually in the Secret Service, wasn't he? He was. Yes, he was. Um, and it was it was a secret until probably about twenty years ago. Um, oh, right. That's how secret the service Statute was. Statue of uh, limitations. And Statue all of limitations, indeed. Yeah. Um, it's quite yeah, something, it's... really, that he's still going, isn't it? Actually, I mean, in his iron lung. <laughs> well, yeah, we 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 owe it all to that. And of course, well, of course. Um, you know your your dad's with him. You know he helps him helps him out in there, doesn't he? But um, um, he he did tell me actually that it was made from melted down Nazis' helmets. Oh really? Wow. Yeah, which they've obviously put a wooden panelling and some you know kind of doors and drawers over it, haven't they? You know, covered and, it and things. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah well, a bit offensive. That's quite ingenious. I mean, I, I'd like to think that's probably based on his his kills. <laughs> Perhaps oh yeah! During yeah. World War Two, um, his kill count. Mm. Yeah, so he, he used their helmets for his iron lung. Well, very nice. Yeah, um, yeah, nice. And things yeah. were very strict for the men then, weren't they? Very tough times. Um, my dad told me actually that uh, my granddad said to him that every day they had to be inspected. You know, they'd have them up on oh, the deck nice. in the nuddy. And they'd be checking them over, probably for crabs, you know, you know, really? sailors. <laughs> every, every day on the on the on the deck. Yeah, naked. exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, and he said that the brigadier came back for another look at him and lifted lifted it up with his cane. Oh, dear, I've been I've been so nervous. Wouldn't you shaking there, hoping they don't lift your willy up? I know. So he obviously thought. My granddad was quite well endowed, but uh, yes, yes. Well, yeah. it runs runs in the family, doesn't it? With it you, does, Carol. It does. Yeah, I've got quite a quite Large. an enlarged um, clitoris. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's if you're wondering at home, it's kind of imagine a what's it, and you know you're halfway there, really. You're in the right ballpark texture as well less orange but more um, yes yeah the same size for a frame of reference um yeah well and it was very hard time for the men but also for the girls back home wasn't it yes ladies yes yes um i mean it was you know a woman's job then you know then as now woman's job to be in the kitchen looking after the family um course a lot a lot of women were looking after the kids um if their husbands were were um out fighting and um you know a typical woman would be dealing with rationing wouldn't she rationing so um Coming she'd have her ration book sats types of Ertz, foods Ertzats, exactly because what what were we dealing with i think powdered egg that was a big one what can you make with that carbonara uh, with powdered egg I've never tried, but yeah, it's been. I've I've heard that it, my grandmother had to try and and do that. Yes, um, probably with spam instead of instead of bacon. Yes. Oh right. So your grandmother made. Did she, was she aware that what what was the pasta or? I think was she used bread? to call it just 
spammy eggy pasta actually i don't think she knew she didn't really know about um carbonara but uh oh, it's quite a favorite of his yeah interesting she was eating pasta in world war Two. was there any italian blood or just uh, i don't think so no no oh, it's just okay. what she could whip up really with what well, was on offer. very very cosmopolitan for the time um and with that you might have on the side a slice of bread and butter except it wouldn't be butter it'd probably be margarine and uh, the bread would be national loaf which um was a concoction um that was invented by millard malloy um the government's the government's chief um, medical food advisor um, and it was basically a quite a rough bit of bread with loads of grain, loads of sweepings in. Of course, everyone was eating white bread back then, weren't they? Weren't like us now, you know, mounds, piles of white bread and butter. No, the national loaf probably was a little bit more like, you know, uh, brown, rather bland, but full of nutrients. Perhaps not the best texture. But um, yeah, it was it was a fortified loaf which was made um, made at a much much cheaper cost. Um, so you'd have have a plate of that, and um, tell me mock duck, Carol. Tell tell me how that was made. Well, I think they just used to sort of basically mould any like brown stuff they could find together, and then sort of call it oh, duck. Well, <laughs> much like my mum's Sunday roast, if I do say yeah, so. Yeah, <laughs> right, right, exactly. Um, yeah. And all sorts of funny things like instead of coffee they'd they'd cook chicory, um, which apparently sort of looks the same, like it's like a brown liquid, but I don't think it would taste much like coffee. Oh, that reminds me. Do you remember when we were teenagers, us trying to smoke banana banana peels? Right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Drink and drinking them as well, me. Well, I think my my grandfather used to. Um, smoke a few uh, blades of grass wrapped around a rusty nail <laughs> so he didn't have oh, much, really didn't have access to tobacco very much so whether that was why i'll never know perhaps he was just traumatized but yeah yeah i mean the the the, the nail being perhaps what the smoke would curl around it or maybe it was the only it was the only thing he had that was kind of long enough or you know yeah. does you do wonder how how he managed to to do that, exactly, don't you? Really? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. And then you know there was even something even more strange, which I think your mum told you about, didn't she? Yeah. Yes. Um, so you know, people seem to think that it's a modern thing, sex toys. Well, you know, let us just tell you the dildo is ancient. They've they've found Roman ones. I mean, it probably was more common in Rome. You used to wear little cocks around your neck and things, didn't you? Um, yeah. Dildos have been around forever, and World War Two was no different. People missed their dildos, of course. In those days, oh, they probably would have been sometimes as well. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> They would have been made out of metal. But of course, as you might remember, you know, our our parents and grandparents telling us they used to melt down the school gates to make spitfires. So they used to go around the houses. The rag and bone man come round. Oh, yeah. They'd be like, come get your dildos. And they'd be getting everyone's dildos out, melting them down. And a lot of the war was won on planes made out of dildos, which they do not tell you at Sunday school. No. in the in the shortage of them though you know people had to use whatever they could and i think genius oh my god they were so clever i mean stephen hawkins you know he's probably crying in his graves and they used to make eventually i imagine it was trial and error they used to make dildos out of oxo and bovril wow um that's quite quite a, an interesting idea, but it doesn't sound terribly practical. What it we does not. what being with the um, moisture levels that could probably come well, about. Ex- yes, this is this was my first thought. So I got talking to me mum, um, and what they would do was they would actually mix it with a fast setting epoxy resin, which oh. actually. Formed a shiny. I don't know why it needed to be made of oxo. Actually, why they couldn't just use, but you know, it must yes, have. You know, must it, have been it a did something to the resin, I suppose. Yes. You know, yeah. Yes, and you know, you know, knobs your uncle, bobby's your aunt. Basically, it. You know, they they would be plumping away, 
panding away with these oxo dildos. However, one thing that they didn't factor in was that the resin under stress and repeated use began to, you know, reveal and let some of the granules out inside yes. the woman. Oh, right. Okay. Yes. You know, which which did mean that um, it does explain the rather rash, a very tanned baby boom, as you do see on the beaches of Benidorm right. these days. Because wow. a lot of the babies were coming out brown because the oxo had got in to the uterus, had got into the ovaries. Blimey, yeah, and it's that very rusty, reddish, almost burnt, but tanned skin, Leathery. isn't it? Yeah, leathery, leathery skin, yeah, exactly. Yes. Well, that explains a lot, doesn't it? Yeah, yes. I, I, you know, of course. Well, and they must have been just so frustrated as well, you know, to go to oh, those God, lengths, yeah. you know. It's no wonder when the GIs showed up, they were mm. bloody sex mad, weren't they? Oh, Going yeah. jitterbugging <laughs> into the <laughs> into the outhouse with the, a group of men. Yeah. <laughs> and... Um, even the girls, some of the girls even got bored enough to join up themselves, didn't they? And they joined the WAFs and uh, would have to sort of tend to people's needs. They wouldn't really give them any hard jobs to do, would they now? It's sort of almost a little bit more like a nurse or something. Yeah, I don't think, you know, there was Queen Elizabeth like changing a car engine in those pictures, but she wouldn't have really have done it. Um, and didn't your mum tell you something about she her oh, experience no. well her oh, knowledge you come to this yeah. yeah well my yeah well basically um there was a a lot of girls because you know in those days that the well quite frankly stupid hairstyles they used to have like big rolls up the front and rolled down oh, the yes. back and you know yes. and they put pads pads in and you know kind of arrange the hair around them i suppose when she spent that long on it you probably didn't want to wash it very often no no of course not i mean can you imagine having to do that every morning blimey um but loads of them kept coming in um to the infirmary because there was an outbreak of head lice and they thought what is going on and they actually took a closer look at it and they thought these ain't head lice it's crabs and it was always in the front pads and then they put two and two together and the, oh. the crabs were being transferred from the GI's pubes straight to the front pad of the hair. Blimey, O'Reilly, all These dirty buggers. Dirty buggers, weren't they? Mm. Well, that's, yeah, I mean, I guess, again, <laughs> needs must in them days and uh, that was <gasps> the spoils of war, I suppose, the, um, the sexually transmitted... Um, insects, basically. Yeah. Um, and your mum's always been very influenced, actually, hasn't she? I think by World War Two, and um, she's very ingenious. Um, she even uses Bisto still to paint her stockings on, yes. doesn't she? Yes, she does. I mean, um, it, it was a bit of a blow when they um, switched to Bisto Best. Um, she did prefer the original formulation so I believe Bisto Best actually does have, um, you know, milk granules and things in and thickeners, you know, to make it more creamy and more oh, thick. I see. Doesn't yes. work so, so well on the leg. No, doesn't work so well. So she does get bovril and kind of, you know, waters that down with a bit of boiling water and then, you know, she'll do, do her legs. I mean, it's a bloody nightmare because you can imagine the dogs are going mental when that's happening and then trying to lick her legs that's why well, she she puts she puts a bit of it between her legs so they can focus on that while i'm doing her legs and then it's like a win-win because the dogs are happy and she will let me tell you she's cloud nine that going on oh, and me i'm just like the dogs trying oh, to elbow God. me out the way i'm trying oh. to do her thighs Quite disconcerting um, that you, you're there while that's going on, blimey. Uh, I've seen worse. So I, I, last time I saw your mum, I could have sworn she was mentioning something about gun running in the south of France. I thought, oh, okay, yeah. Yes, um, well, yeah. Resistance, um, <laughs> something like yeah, that. Yeah, well, you know, she... You know, the recently the Statue of Limitations has fallen down on this one. Um, it was actually in a little square in a village in France. Um, mm. She, you know, hello, hello, was very, very real. Um, she, you know, was as it was a consultant on the show. Oh, um, really? Yes. Some mm. of the researchers got in touch with her. Um, yeah, she used to be involved with uh, gun, gun runs. 
um, you know, during the war down there, um, she would get get disguised. You know, sometimes she would be disguised as a female pig, um, have a blonde wig on, pearls, nice actually. And um, I'd, I'd get in the car. Of course, in those days, there was no Le Chateau. So they'd either go 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 across on an hollow down ba- parachute or summit. Oh yeah, sometimes she was dropped on a parachute. Yes, um, sometimes they'd go in a hollow down bouncing bomb. Um, oh you yes, know, it, yes, right. Yes, as, in which case she would have to kind of have an hour or two to compose herself on the beaches of Songat or something, um, because she would be quite nauseous, as you can imagine. Um, but yes, they would. They would have. Um, she would have guns um, in in every orifice, and I mean, every even in her nose, um, everywhere guns because um, she couldn't. You know, bags were a liability. So um, she, she, yes, yeah, she, she, she had kind of a, a a gun DP going on there, oh, wow. and um, right, yes, yeah, would a have lot. A, well, it does explain a lot, doesn't it? Really, it certainly explains my birth. It's so funny, um, you know, because your mum, yeah. like, I could have sworn she was, you know, well, similar age to my parents, but I guess I, I you know, it's, the mind It boggles. is a question mark. Yeah, it is a question mark. Um, she doesn't seem to age the same, the same as all At of the, the rest rate. of us. Yes. 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 Yeah, she, she is rather enigmatic, and as I said, I've got photographs. You know, her her dressed up, you know, you know, doled, doled up to the nines. They they made her like a pig, um, uh, uh, you know, to kind of put on the parachute to fox to fox the Luftwaffe, thinking, oh, it's just a pig on a parachute, you know. Um, but no, it was it was her. And uh, when she would get to the other end, um, she would then be passed through the network of of the resistance, you know, and be bundled is in that, the back of. You see, you now know. it's coming to me the fact that um she quite likes saying that line doesn't she oh i'll say this only once yeah she does that yeah. all the time <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, oh yeah, she yeah, likes yeah. low low but no i know something something oh, quite yeah. different now okay she likes it in an arf i'll tell you and the, the policeman on that his voice was based on how she would sound in french kind of thing you know what i mean oh yeah um, yeah 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 good moaning <laughs> good moaning uh. yeah. Um, and and she she recreates it now. Actually, she's not been back for you know because of the vi- the virus and everything. But um, yeah, we go over, don't we? In the summer, we kind of, we obviously do the shuttle now and things like that. You know, kind of doing a bit more comfort. We do it in my car. Here yeah, we go down. We stop for a le, le Big Mac. <laughs> you know, look at FC or at the service stations. Um, and instead of guns, it's water pistols and things like that. Although like some of them look pretty real. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. Mm. yeah. Well, she claims reconstruction, and some of her mates. She's still got some of her mates or their grandkids down there, and she gives them the guns, acts it all out, you know. Um, yeah, and they would kind of drive back. Sometimes we might stay at a hotel at the other end, and then yeah, it's it's really nice though. But um, yes, yeah, my my mum. Um, was basically you know, part of the French resistance. So there you go. Factoid. Well, that's it. That's a big factoid. Well, um, mm. in fact, I mean, should we move on to the facts of fun facts for facts for people about the World War Two? Yes, I think we bloody should. <laughs> fun facts. Right. So, Carol, tell me about what I've got here. Operation Mincemeat. Yes, indeed. Operation Mincemeat, guys. Now, for those of you who haven't heard of this, you probably think that I've gone mad, but (laughs) seriously, it's a real thing. Um, It basically involved, um, I guess it was, you know, Secret Service Operation. Again, the Statue of Limitations has fallen down, so we know about this now. And um, they'd actually dressed up a dead body like it was a spy and uh, clipped... A briefcase to its arm that had secret documents about a supposed um, allied um, landing in Greece, um, which would be their way to sort of take over some of the occupied parts of southern Europe. And they dropped him into the sea near Spain, which was neutral during World War II. And the Spanish authorities found the body and the the briefcase and passed it on to the Germans, who then 
saw these supposed plans and they basically instructed all the troops to go to Greece. Uh, meanwhile, the Brits were coming in via Sicily, so they invaded Italy, guys. That's how they got oh, in. Book, line and sinker. Yeah, so it was down to a a bag of mincemeat being dropped into the sea, basically. Oh, good old boys in blue. Good old boys in blue and white there. Oh, goodness me. I tell the ingenu- the ingenious, ingenious ingenuity was, of these of these you men. You know, it was quite kind of um, putting all your eggs in one very small basket, I would have said. <laughs> but you know Yeah, you'd have um, to be quite confident that it was gonna that it was gonna work and, and that the body would yeah, remain in one exactly. piece. <laughs> the sharks could have eaten it or a whale could have swam off with it, I dunno. So Yes. Um, yeah, so that was my fun fact. Yes, um, it, it does remind me, A, it reminds me of Dilly coming up, um, but also it does remind me of a mission that um, my dad went on, actually, in the war. Oh. Um, he was he was um, on, a, on a wartime mission. It was actually called Operation Slingback. Oh, and, okay. Yes, and what it was was it was one of them where... there's a name for it but it's a kind of about you know like like a bit like they did in in the in the vietnam war actually kind of mental warfare they'd like mess with their heads a bit um so what they did was they got a troop of them they dropped them into a forest in in germany and bold as brass they had this entire unit of our boys walking along walking along the street in slingbacks okay all and all of the German soldiers just just watched, like fags dropped out of their mouth. They said, what, what, "What the hell?" You know what I mean? Because they're looking at they haven't seen a woman for years. They're, they're looking a bit at these turned on. Oh yeah, of course. <laughs> yeah. So they took took them in a barn. It was like you know, thick muggish than dark danka kind of thing. Dankeschön, if you please. Yeah. <laughs> and I don't quite of I don't quite know um, why <laughs> or. Well, the outcome what happened yeah. after that, yeah, it was probably a distraction, yeah. maybe. I don't know. Yes, yeah, so I may, maybe it was to allow kind of passing military hardware in or something. But oh, my dad survived, obviously. But um, yes, I think a good time was had by all. Certainly was, by the sounds of it. <laughs> well, let's let's have a little bit of dilly, shall we? Sovereign Dilly Dally, All at Sea, Chapter 6, The Bussy Scroll. Previously, Dilly and Twitty had landed quite literally onto the Isle of Jizzy, owned by the eccentric and depraved Monsieur Henri Lecoq, a libertine exiled from France for his extreme perversions. He had all but taken Dilly and Twitty prisoner with his band of freaks and was now leading them to his castle fort home to show them his erotic manuscripts. Lecoq let out a sharp squeal as they arrived at his home. A huge bamboo drawbridge slammed down and they made their way across, being poked in the back by Crawjack Daddy, a lobster-like creature with phallic spears pressed firmly between their buttocks and nudging their ani. Once inside the musty fort, he waved Crawjack away and began to lead them down a spiral staircase into the basement. He lit a gas lamp and before them was an illuminated ramshackle but surprisingly large laboratory come studio. Hundreds of books and scrolls lay across the large wooden tables illustrated with all manner of frightfully graphic scenes of sexual sadism, the likes of which Dilly had never seen before. All of them were featuring terrifying mutant human and animal creations, seemingly drawn with wax crayons in incredibly basic and almost childish style. A picture of a serpent mixed with a lamb caught her eye. Well, that one's never going to work, she thought, 
Another featured a three-way between a trio of well-endowed cockerel dolphins. Her mouth filled with water and she felt her Susie Swine begin to throb. He pulled Dilly across the room by her nipple and then sprung up and mounted a table covered in nautical charts and bamboo dildos. With a crunch, he lay on his back and spread his legs wide apart. Why, Monsieur Lecoq, what are you doing? <laughs> oh, madam, do you like the plans and pictures you've seen down here in my little lust cave? Dilly coloured and turned her head to one side. Get to the point, Lecoq! Why are you lying there like a dullard with your legs akimbo? <laughs> Twitty, dear girl, show some respect. Oh, sorry, ma'am. Uh, must be this island. It's just, it is getting to me. Oh, enough. Enough dithering, you silly harlots. Inside my anus, rather deeply lodged, is a scrawl. A magic scrawl. And, and you want her to? Yes. I want Lady Dilly to draw this out of my ass. Oh, it's been stuck in there for decades. But something, yes, something tells me this woman holds the key. <laughs> a Twitty, be a dear and pull down my breeches. Twitty stepped forward and began to pull down his silk powder blue breeches, carefully peeling them over his pointed white buckled heeled shoes. Dilly gasped, Ooh. and they were met with the most perfect pink pucker they'd ever seen. Why, Mr Lecoq, I do not like you, and I don't mind admitting it, but credit where credit's due, that's one fine bussy. I concur, it really is quite a splendid one. Might even say super terrific. Capital! Henri giggled in glee and thrust his legs apart even higher and wider. No, <laughs> no. no but thank you. Well, I have to admit, I do take care of my little pinky pudding. I'll get one of my many helpers to lavish attention on it all night long with various unctuants and tinctures which we produce on this island. Dilly felt a pang of desire, not just sexually, but she was desperate to snag some of the local homemade skincare from this dastardly island and would try to find the right time to ask for some. Okay, now chit chat, Dilly, you've got work to do. Twitty stepped close to Dilly and held a damask handkerchief, should Dilly need her brow mopped. Yes, my lord, uh, may I keep my lace gloves on for this? No! You shall have a much better grip if you go in bareback. That's the only way I'll have it. Dilly slid off her glove and pushed two fingers inside Monsieur Lecoq's manrose. She felt his body tense and shiver, and he let out a gassy whimper of delight. With Twitty mopping her brow, she pushed on. It was a very wonderfully sweet feeling, extremely soft and yielding, and all she could think about was how she desperately needed some of this for her own face and her pincent's pancake. At last, she began to feel the stiff, sharp edges of the scroll. We've got it. I've struck gold. Very good, Mom. Now clench it between your fingers and drag that homeboy to town. With a thrust and a grab, Dilly pulled the scroll out of Monsieur Lecoq's pink puckered man pussy and held it aloft in triumph. Monsieur Lecoq leapt down from the table to his feet and at this moment both Dilly and Twitty noticed he had come off lavishly across his person and looked away in shock as a two-legged dog with a klaxon for a snout approached them at high speed wearing a tutu and began to hungrily lick at the crazed post-coital man juices. <laughs> He ran upstairs and out onto the beach where he spread out the scroll. Dilly and Twitty emerged, blinking into the sunlight. Henry called back at them. No, don't think this is over just because you retrieved the scroll. Oh, no, no, no. I have a lot more use for you here rather than letting you go. And besides, if you do try to escape, the whole island's booby-trapped. Literally. Why, you scoundrel, I don't believe it. No, 
well, it's your choice, my dear. But do you want to risk being hung by your tits from a palm tree for the rest of your life? Or indeed, fall into a bottomless pit of randy snakes smeared in goose fat. Dilly and Twitty looked at each other. Oh, Twitty, are we really destined to live out the rest of our days on this godforsaken island? Oh, looks that way. But look on the bright side, madam. At least we'll have good skin. Suddenly, they heard a shriek from Henri. The map he was holding was glowing a bright shade of purple. It begun to levitate from his hands. Dilly and Twitty ran towards it, and suddenly, the voice of Octoroka called from the map. Dilly, Twitty, look aloft for your rescue awaits. On the horizon, they saw the sails of a galleon, bearing the unmistakable insignia of the Fem Fem Buccaneers, and above that, a large hot air balloon with a logo resembling a crooked todger. Oh, my joy! The virginity sex magic really does work! Twitty, we're saved! Laura Lavender has come for us! Now, oh, now you don't! Franks, get him! Oh, shit, madam, run for it! Dilly and Twitty made a break across the hot sand, which burned hard through their delicate espadrilles. Although Twitty found the going less rough due to her extensive network of corns and calluses, for Dilly's feet were much like the texture of fresh mozzarella cheese. They were making good progress, as with the best will in the world, Monsieur Lecoq's band of freaks were not built for high-speed chases, and the brain-addled, klaxoned-nosed dog was far too distracted by its own piccolo to even notice. Oh, Twitty! Oh, God! I've become stuck! Oh, no! Me too! Oh, God! It's quicksand! They thrashed and struggled as they sank into the quicksand, but this only made them sink deeper. Before long, the freaks were upon them. Henri was let down off the shoulders of a tall pair of Siamese twins with tree stumps for legs. Now pull them out of this and get them into the dungeon before Laura Lavender and that twat Willie Croft get here. Dilly gasped. George? George is here? Henri turned to her and snapped. Yes, that knob up the hot air balloon. I saw it in clear as day due to my telescopic eyeballs, what I made myself. I saw him passing at a few balls and banquets before I left Paris and secluded myself on this paradise island, which is what's going to happen to you too, because I will not tell them you're here. <laughs> you swine! George! George! Over here! But it was no good. Despite the hot air balloon carrying George and Laura's galleon below making fast headway towards Jizzy Island, they could not hear her above the crashing waves. Dilly and Twitty were wrenched free of the quicksand and led to another underground bunker. But this time it was resplendent. Pink, peach and sky blue walls of pastel with ornate Rococo stucco carvings and paintings of nubile dog women hung on the walls. They were shocked to see hundreds of young maidens and hunks lashed to dainty chaise longs, being tortured into freakish creatures. So this is how you do it. You should be ashamed of yourself, said Dilly. Now oh, shut up, funny flyblow. You're next anyway. What shall I do with you? Perhaps another mermaid, only this time how about the top is all fish and the bottom all mimsy? <laughs> but suddenly there were shouts and bangs from the door, and George and Laura had arrived. George? Dilly and Twitty ran to him and Laura. Laura and George and Dilly began to kiss hungrily with tongues in a passionate trio as Twitty looked on, rubbing herself furiously, and the other Fem Fem Buccaneers began to surround her and remove her dresses. Go on, man. Dilly. The whole room filled with a violet glow as Laura used the power of virginity sex magic with her fingers so as to zap and kill and destroy the freaks and free the sexy captives. Henri Lecoq lay squirming in agony on the ground as his body began to detach. I'll get you for this, little Laura, and that beast, Octoroka! 
And with that, he melted into a pool, joining the juices of his other cronies and shot away down into a drain. With him gone, the captives, guided by the Fem-Fem buccaneers, wandered naked and dazed towards the writhing, squelching mass that was Dilly Laura George and Twitty. Everyone began to take part in a glowing violet orgy, the likes of which the world had never seen before, and somewhere deep in the depths, Octoroka smiled and glowed her own shade of purple as she blessed this union of love, sex and humanity. The next day, Dilly, Twitty and George were flying home above the clouds on the hot air balloon. Having parted ways passionately with Laura Lavender and the Fem-Fem Buccaneers. Again, my dearest, I am sorry for what occurred. I let my crooked Jackson cloud my judgement. I do love you and I know you love me. By George, you've proven it. Dr. Sperming managed to fit me with a brand new Roger Dodger. It's even got its own steam whistle. Oh, George. All I have borne for you was a signal of my love. You are blameless as an angel, my dearest, and I love you forever. Toot toot! The balloon sailed off into the sunset, back home towards safety. England, their green and pleasant land. Ahoy, my oh, Carol, you've really... You've really done us proud with that book. Oh, well I know. done. I've outdone myself, I think, if I do Literally. say so myself. Yeah. yeah. Oh, you oh. know, it's with with um, all the different sort of parts towards the end, there was a bit of jeopardy, wasn't there? You know, they got stuck in the, in the quicksand and then all oh, they were going to get them back in the jail and like in the dungeon again. And then, of course... Laura Lavender and George arrive and oh they're saved. Oh yes, I very know. satisfying. And the sexual tension was building and building and building and then oh my god were we rewarded with a big release. A big a big finish at the end there. Came up from the inside, a big finish at the end. Really, really spectacular actually. Um it was, it, yeah. this this one did put me in mind, um, a little bit like an erotic Zelda game, you know. It's like you got the water zone, and then the island zone, and then the quicksand, and oh, and yeah, things like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 We, well, you you do love the Legend of Zelda franchise, don't you, Carol? I do. Yes, and um, and then it was a lot like the island of Doctor Moreau as well, you know, with these horrible creations. Oh God. It's like the most dirtiest man you could possibly think of, isn't he? Really? Yeah. Well, t- tell me, where did the idea come from for that for for that um dog dog thing? Yeah. Well, I thought you know you've got to take things one step further, really, haven't you? You know, he's made stuff out of people and animals, but he's going to start eventually. He's going to start adding like attachments, isn't he? Yeah. Because <laughs> uh, I mean, you know. Yeah, I don't know what I don't know why he he thought to add the klaxon on really, but I mean this is the thing you can't try and get into the mind of a lunatic. Well, exactly. Can't do That's it. That's what I was going to say. There's quite you know like dark depths to this particular loony, isn't there for sure? Yes, extremely extremely dark. Now uh, while we've been on air, actually, um, we've had an email in from uh, Mrs. Uh, PP Tricks. All right. Um, I, I presume that's a screen name, uh, Miss Tricks. But yeah, she's she's just written in to say hi, Carol and Cheryl. Um, I've got a story. Um, my grandmother was running a brothel during World War Two. Okay. Oh wow. Yes. Well, we've 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 spoken about female brothel owners, uh, famous ones. There was that woman, wasn't there? The kind of suburban brothel madame what was she sylvia satchel that's it yeah see sylvia satchel who ran a brothel well so my grandmother but it was run from their anderson shelter in the back garden 
Oh, that's it, quite a good idea, isn't it? So even in an air raid, they could still still get their end away. Well, I imagine that's when uh, I don't know about you, but quite often that you know the fears, the elements are turn on, isn't it? You know, oh, yeah, so yeah, definitely in the Blitz, I think they were all at mm. it, weren't they? Down the yeah, uh, the underground so, stations. <laughs> yeah, the, the sirens would go off, and they'd be like the you know the the, the erections would suddenly jam up, and it would be right. Let's put this powdered eggs down and then dive into the air raid shelter um apparently it was one in one out due to the size you know well that makes oh, yeah, sense doesn't quite it small, you know weren't they though shelters yeah, yeah especially if you're kind of lying down or what you probably i don't know you probably could achieve a reverse cowgirl couldn't you perhaps or even a very squatted dp um the, the the trouble is that the, the line would be coming all the way up the garden and she says and they'd be scared of being bombed while they were waiting for their their turn so um and of course they had to comply with um the, the blackout so what they would do uh, was kind of wrap them would wrap themselves in 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 black black sheeting so it was like this kind of bizarre black tents waiting to go in so yes thank you thank you for that that uh that factoid there um miss uh trixie so caroline i believe it's king of now and uh what is it this week for world war ii spam definitely the king of world war ii had to be spam it fed the world during the war and so much so even the soviet president uh, nikita khrushchev declared without spam we wouldn't have been able to feed our army um, interesting yeah. i didn't think they was allowed american stuff then well clearly they got their hands on some spam didn't they <laughs> well they got their hands on they were DVDs on the same side they were on the same they? side so they probably did um donate them some spam but yeah you're quite right it was invented in in the us of a and um became very popular all over the world you know for housewives in the uk as well perhaps you know they've met a gi and he gave them a can of spam for a bit of how's your father well it was yeah well (laughs) we used to call it a spam handshake apparently you know kind of women that would um women that would enjoy kind of a, a, a GI slipping their hand down their pants at, at, a, at a jive, a spam and shake, thank you. Yes, you'd come away with more than just a spammy hand, wouldn't you, I think? A um, spermy hand. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, which I mean, like what, what, were you just, what you were just talking about, the, uh, the lady telling us about the brothel. Um, yeah, right, I mean, well, there was all sorts of sexual mo- sexual positions, I think, that came out of um, World War Two for, for, you know, obvious reasons, you know, having a quickie oh, yes. in a, in a c- compromising space oh, or well, location. Well, yeah, well, my mum was a cockney, as you know, and um, she, when I was growing up, we had nursery rhymes about it. You know, it would be like... Um, Oh, for you know, for, for, you'd for have example, a tadpole Terry, wouldn't you? Which was yeah, we did a bit with I was double dicked on the district line, that kind of thing. I know, you know, yeah. 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 Take yeah. me round and round on the circle line. Well, I don't know if that yeah. was all going all the way round then, but yeah, yeah, it would be pop my pussy on the Piccadilly, all those things. You know, it was, oh, it was good fun, wasn't it? I used to sing that to you know at school at lunch hour. The Blitz Bolero, that was quite a, fa- a favourite, uh, which I think usually <laughs> involved um, covering up what was going on with a short jacket. <laughs> and, uh, uh, yes, yes. Well, well, we certainly rocked a Bolero jacket in the 80s, didn't we, Carol? And it, it did come in very useful to cut, cut, hide a multitude of sins. <laughs> Indeed. Uh, <laughs> yes, but I think my um, favourite war song, probably In the Mood by Glenn Miller. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, it was all about mm. the big bands, wasn't it? And the trumpets and you know, love a bit of that. Um, the Andrew Sisters, the Close Harmonies. Exactly. The Boogie Woogie Bugle Boy of Company B. Boogie Boogie Company. Yeah, and that that was. Um, you know, in the mood. <laughs> put you in the mood, didn't it? I think Glenn Miller probably put a lot of people in the mood. <laughs> oh, he puts me in the mood. Um, yeah, which sort of leads us forth, actually, onto our next and final segment, which is um, 
we've decided, you know, as per is becoming the tradition of our uh, podcast, uh, that we'd like to, you know, channel somebody from the era we're talking about. Um, so this week I've planned to use the cyclodone again. Um, we're going to fire that up with the wireless attachment and put some powdered egg in it. Um, yes. So alongside the Ouija board. And I think I'm going to try and get hold of Vera Lynn, Dame Vera Lynn, because as we know, she was going until not so long ago. I think was it a couple of years ago now she passed. Yeah, I mean, you might be saying too, too soon, guys, but she's the nation's sweetheart. She put herself out there. She's fair game. Sorry. You know what I mean? Hashtag free Britney and all well, that. Well, she you was know. pretty much the mascot, I would say, wasn't she? The mascot yeah. of World War they II. Used to, yes, Forces they used to sweetheart. make... Yeah. Yeah, she was. <clears throat> um, right, so I'm going to power up Cyclodone. Just, you know, for the listeners, in case you're wondering why I have to do that now and not obviously before we start the show, um, it's just because it uses a lot of power. So... Yes. <laughs> You know, EDF energy it, will be on your case again. Yeah, exactly. Got to keep it on for as uh, short a time as possible. So, um, Cheryl, if you could put on some um, fitting music, maybe a bit of uh, something like Glenn Miller or something. Oh, I don't uh, know. yeah, my pleasure. Oh. Yes. <laughs> The lady living next door, Mrs. X. She heard the sirens blow once more. Intent to six, but she dashed outside and nothing on but her nicks. But she knew what to do with her gas mask. (laughs) Um, I'm I'm after Vera Lynn. I'm. Is that George Formby? Oh, it is. It is, my dear. Yes. Oh, have you got a gas mask? Um, no, George, but um, I'm from the I'm from the future. I've got a mask that I put on to go to Tesco's. Oh yes, that sounds about right. Oh, I don't think you know what to do with me gas mask. And would you like a little stick of Blackpool rock as well? I bet oh, you would. Oh, I love rock. Where oh, would you I like to you stick that rock, George? Oh well, I'd I'd probably slip it up you up your. Uh, Right, Aunt Mary. Windsor, yeah? yeah, that's right. Right up me, Aunt Mary. Oh, yeah. Did you know I got two fannies? I call one me eye. Oh, well, I think you're a bit of a saucy lady for me. <laughs> oh, we're very saucy in the future, Georgie. Anyway, is Vera there? Is Vera there or is she on her way up? Oh, is I don't know who Vera is, but. Uh... Evelyn, darling. Oh, Vera Lynn. Oh, yes, I know Vera. Oh, yes, she's a lovely lady, isn't she? Mm, I bet she is. I bet you're doing all sorts with her, aren't you, you rotten bugger? Uh, well, you know, I like to clean her windows. Oh, <laughs> you know? I bet you. I like I'll to peer in, her, peer in at her tits <laughs> while she's in the bath. <laughs> oh, basically. Oh, oh there's it. a wash house at the back of my house, I tell you, and I'll, I'll ask all the ladies round. Oh. Oh, getting all soapy, are you, George? Indeed, I am. Yes, with my little sticker, Blackpool Rock. Oh, George, stop her! Oh, George. You see, every year when the summer comes round, off to see I go. I don't care if I do spend a pound. I'm rather rash, I know. See me dressed like all the sports in my blazer and a pair of shorts, with my little sticker, Blackpool Rock, along the promenade. I stroll. It may be sticky, but I never come. Oh, it's nice to have a nibble at it now and again. Oh, oh, Carol, 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 Carol. Carol. Yes. Oh, I'm back. I'm back. Let's just turn oh, Carol, it off. Uh, Carol, George Formby's just given me an orgasm. Blimey. Well, <laughs> that's not that's a sentence quite to say. something. Yeah, it's not quite Vera Lynn, is it? Oh, oh that dear. was good. I'm shaking. I'm shaking down to my fingers. Oh, he was good. He was what going was on a bit. What was he saying to you? I sort of mm. tuned out during that for some reason. Oh, well, he was singing to me about his little black cocky rocky cocky cock. Mm. Oh, his sticker black pool rock. Oh, that's right. That's right. But you jealous? Well. <laughs> 
No. <laughs> Not really. <laughs> if I'm honest. Oh, it was well, a bit I enjoyed pervy, it. wasn't he, though? But, you know, there's, mm. those were the days. People like their double entendres, didn't they? Although it sounds like he got a little bit more full on than his usual style of music. I would call that a quadruple entendre. <laughs> yeah. Sextuple on Tundra. Yes, yes, yes. It was it was very nice. Um I are kind of the smells I got through engine great vex cigarettes, obviously. Um and Probably a cure, and I bad I got a tang of engine. Oh yes. Oh, had you a very know, yeah, huge yeah. gob and large teeth, didn't they? So. Yes, yeah, kind of a little bit gassy meaty and, and victory V's, of course. Oh yes. Um, Yes, which my mum, my mum still chomps. Um, sometimes she'll have a bowl of them with milk for cereal, you know, in the morning. Oh, blimey, yeah. Uh, and she needs quite a bit to wake her up, doesn't she, in the morning? Yes, yeah. Yeah, well, she her alarm clock is actually Victory V's in some fizzy water next to her bed, actually. So, yeah. And a sledgehammer that bash her on the head if she doesn't wake up after that. Yes, yeah, my mum does have quite a few sledgehammers and uh, I've seen the wrong end of them before and <laughs> so yes we hope you've enjoyed it this week guys um we're very much liking this history vibe we'll kind of come at you next maybe carol will go to a completely different corner of the world maybe we'll go aztec or something oh yeah that sounds good doesn't it yeah they're, they're really bloodthirsty really bloody mm. but sexual weren't they oh my god yeah, yeah the best kind yeah <laughs> Yes, um, so in in just to kind of keep you up to date with our news, and um, we're recording our album, aren't we, Carol? We're kind of getting getting some songs down for Indeed, everybody. Yeah, yeah, we thought it was about time, you know, lockdown hopefully is on its way out. Yes, so um, when, when lockdown's over, we might be um, hopefully trying to get a few shows together, um, maybe coming at you with some uh, music videos and um, maybe some cooking, Carol, I think, actually. I think people have missed your your cooking videos, so maybe That's we true, can... That's true, yes. I should yes. probably put some put some proper clothes on and actually oh, I know. get in the kitchen for you guys. Yeah, I might, do you know what, I'm actually going to try the powdered egg um, carbonara, I think. Oh, yes, that's a good idea. Yeah. I think yeah. that's a good idea, isn't it? Yeah. Earth's yeah, carbonara, guys. Wow. Earth's carbonara. Perfect. Right, guys. Have a lovely, a lovely week ahead. Don't work too hard. And um, just think, you know. We'll meet again. <laughs> Don't, know where. Wrong, Don't know when. Don't know when. Well, we do, but. <laughs> yeah, we do. Next week. See you, guys. Bye. Bye. Hi guys, to listen to all of our episodes, simply go to com. You will also find links to all of our socials, including YouTube, Facebook, Instagram and Twitter. We'll see you next time guys, in your life, in your times, in your world, in life. You have been listening to a Carbonara Aspect production.